friends. Hello, hello. Good Monday morning, humans of the world. How are you all? I hope you're doing well on this December Monday. This is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. I am thrilled to be here, thrilled to be back, occupying a portion of your brain, which I am so grateful that you allow me to occupy. And so, thank you. Thank you. Good morning. And uh, here we are at another show. And so, uh, let me do this right off the bat. If you've turned in for the first time, a couple of introductory points are in order. One of those introductory points is that I don't speak very well at times and I trip over my words. But more importantly, this show is about the practical idealism, about changing the world for the better in concrete, practical ways. Um, and, and I do that by talking about uh, past and present idealists, the work that they've done, maybe the work that they hope to do, and me, I'm Ellie Krug, and because I have a woman's name and I sound like a man on the radio, I just need to say that I'm one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world. My regular listeners, they, you can even say that out loud at this point and just follow along. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how much you like to hear me speak, uh, this is another Talking Head show. I'm doing two Talking Head shows back to back. I am sorry. No big interview today. Um, however, um, I'm going to highlight a couple of contemporary idealists. Colin uh, Kaepernick and, uh, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, also known as AOC. I am going to be highlighting them today, and also I'll close the show out with a little story about my work as a practical idealist, about something that happened to me in Richmond, uh, Virginia, last month. But let's begin with Colin Kaepernick, uh, the football player who began the whole sports phenomenon of sitting down or in some other way protesting during the national anthem. Some background about uh, Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick. God, sorry about that. Um, he is presently 31 years old. He grew up in California and attended the University of Nevada in Reno, where he played football. In college, he became the only player in NCAA Division I football history to accumulate 10,000 passing yards and 4,000 rushing yards. He was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers in 2011. In 2012, he led the 49ers to the Super Bowl. And uh, he was, uh, he had some, he had some good years and off years between uh, 2012 and 2016. But early on in the 2016 season, while with the San Francisco Giants, Kaepernick um, was seen sitting on the bench for three of the, for the first three um, preseason games, he was sitting, seen sitting on the bench while the national anthem played, and at first, no one paid a lot of attention. Then he switched to, to um, kneeling on one knee as a way, and as later found out, it was his way of showing respect. He did that. He switched from sitting to kneeling to make sure that he was seen as, as respecting current and former U.S. service members. And then the press started to pay attention. And, um, and, and then they interviewed him in what we find now from an August 29, 2016 locker room interview recorded by K KTVU-TV. Here is Kaepernick in his own words explaining why he started to take a knee. What are you trying to accomplish? What would you like this to be the end game for you? That's basically. Um, I mean, ultimately, it's to bring awareness and make people, you know, realize what's really going on in this country. There are a lot of things that are going on that are unjust. People aren't being held accountable for, and that's something that needs to change. That's something that, you know, this country stands for freedom, liberty, justice for all, and it's not happening for all right now. Is this something that's evolved as a philosophy in your mind? wasn't quite sure how to deal with uh, originally, and it is something that's evolved. It's something as I've gained more knowledge about you know, what's going on in this country in the past, what's going on currently. Uh, these aren't new situations. This isn't new ground. It's things that have gone on in this country for years and years, 
and have never been addressed, and they need to be. Will you continue, will you continue Colin, to sit? Will you continue to sit? Yes, uh, I'll continue to sit. I'm going to continue to stand with the people that are being oppressed. Uh, to me, this is something that has to change. And when there's significant change, and I feel like that flag represents what it's supposed to represent, and this country is representing people the way that it's supposed to, I'll stand. Yes, and that's his announcement of why he was silently protesting at the beginning of the national anthem for every football game. And this began in the preseason of 2016. Um, he played that season in 2016, but at, and at the end, um, after continuing to at, at that, uh, eventually start taking a knee, Kaepernick became a free agent. Um, but unlike winning quarterbacks of other teams, Kaepernick wasn't signed by any team once he became a free agent. And um, there are many in the NFL who um, uh, vocalized uh, Kaepernick's extreme qualities as a quarterback and their amazement at why he wasn't being assigned. Eventually, Kaepernick believed that he was being blackballed. Um, and uh, he filed a lawsuit claiming that the NFL was blackballing him. That lawsuit is ongoing. But there's way more to Colin Kaepernick than the symbolism he represents by taking a knee or sitting on a, on a um, bench during at the start of a football game. There's way more to this man, and I'm going to devote some time here this morning to understand Colin Kaepernick because he is an idealist. He's actually quite a f phenomenal idealist. For starters, um, Kaepernick knows all too well what it means to be other, quotation marks around that word, in America. He was born to a white mother and a black father in Milwaukee, but um, he was soon placed for adoption and adopted by Rick and Therese Kaepernick of Fond du Lac. His father was later, his father worked for a cheese company, and his father was later transferred to Turlock, California, where Kaepernick grew up. By the way, much of what I'm telling you right now, I need to give credit to uh, a September 7, 17, 19, or 2007 New York Times article by John Branch. That article is titled, The Awakening of Colin Kaepernick. So Kaepernick gets, uh, moves to California with his family to Turlock, California. Turlock population 73,000, had less than 2% of its population who identified as black. Um, so Kaepernick was used to being othered every time he went out with his white family. In college, where Kaepernick had perfect grades, he pledged to a black fraternity in his senior year. It was something that he did not need to do. By that time, Kaepernick had already established his notoriety and his skill set at the University of Nevada. But his reason for joining the fraternity was that he wanted to get back to his roots as a black man. Later, while in the NFL, he took a course on black representation at UC Berkeley. Um, he has, Kaepernick has tweeted about Malcolm X and Tupac Shakur and posted a video of Tupac saying this, quote, so this is a video that Kaepernick um, posted of Tupac saying this, quote, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will speak uh, to the brain that will change the world. That's our job is to speak to somebody else watching us. Unquote. It's important to note that Kaepernick's faith is also very important. He was baptized Methodist, he was then confirmed as Lutheran, and while he was in college, he attempted a Baptist church. Uh, Kaepernick says that his faith guides him every day. And you know, we're very aware of professional sports players um, having tattoos on their bodies, representing a number of different things. Well, uh, Kaepernick has many tattoos on his body, but all of his tattoos are religious-based. Um, he has multiple tattoos with Bible verses. Um, his back has a large tattoo um, featuring a mural of angels against demons. This is a religious man who is also extremely humble. Um, 
Um, another thing that many don't know is that in September of 2016, Kaepernick pledged $1 million to organizations working in oppressed communities. And he began doling out $100,000 per month to up to four charities. Um, and he did that. He would send $25,000 to various groups like HOME, H-O-M-E, Helping Oppressed Mothers Endure. That was in Georgia, which supports single mothers. And he sent $25,000 to a Milwaukee organization, I Will Not Die Young campaign. Other organizations included a Brooklyn, New York group, Black Veterans for Social Justice, and the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights in Los Angeles. Many of these grassroots organizations were hanging on by a thread, trying to do the work of social change. And Kaepernick's $25,000 to these groups, I mean, we are talking he funded, he has now completed his million-dollar pledge, funding numerous organizations that otherwise might not make it but for the 25000 he was giving. That's what you call an idealist really walking the walk. When we come back from our break, I'll talk more about Colin Kaepernick and, and his idealism and how right now, as a country, we are experiencing it. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world. On Ellie 2.0 Radio, if you like what you hear, visit my website at, at elliekrug.com. Email me at elliejkrug at gmail. I love hearing from my listeners. When we come back, more on Colin Kaepernick. Thanks. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. Guess who called me the other day? You did. Hi, I'm Mark Sommerfeld of Computer Revolution in Roseville. I want to thank AM950 listeners who called to thank us for supporting the station. So here's an offer exclusive to 950 listeners. Bring your broken computer or cell phone to our Roseville store, say I'm an AM950 listener, and you'll receive $20 off any repair. Computer Revolution with cell phone repair, located in Roseville at Highway 36 and Fairview Avenue, or call 651-633-6600. And thanks. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Looking to offer high-end restaurant-quality food at your next event? Look no further than D'Amico Catering. Their talented team of event planners and chefs will collaborate to perfect a menu that best fits your needs. Whether emphasizing local cuisine or ethnic flavors, organic bites or summertime favorites, they're here to give you choices that align with your taste, budget, and style. Interested in learning more? Please visit D'AmicoCatering.com. That's D'AmicoCatering.com. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works, LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. And I am back, Ellie Krug, on 
Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. Oh, my goodness. I, I do love my bumper music. Oh, and Galileo. Oh, it's such a symbolic song. Okay, well, we were talking about and continue to talk about Colin Kaepernick. And before we broke, I talked about his million-dollar pledge where, I mean, like I said, he's walking the walk, giving out a million dollars to organizations doing working for social change and fighting oppression and i cannot stress enough this concept of oppression and you know what white listeners and i i happen to be white as well we can't fully understand oppression from the perspective of a person of color particularly from black people given the history of slavery in this country we just cannot i'm just i'm just telling you try as we might and so oppression is particularly important. It's particularly important to Colin Kaepernick. So he's got that million-dollar pledge that he fulfilled. And on top of that, he's organized a, a, quote, know your rights, unquote, free camps for children. These are camps designed to raise awareness on higher education, self-empowerment, and instruction on how to properly interact with law enforcement. Yeah, if you are a black person, particularly if you're a black male, um, you operate by different rules when it, when it comes to interacting with law enforcement. And by the way, um, listeners, you may know I'm a huge supporter of law, our, our law enforcement professionals. I am. There are people who keep me safe. They keep you safe. Particularly, they keep me safe because I am a walking target for some people. Um, so I don't want to be um, negative towards law enforcement in general, but we also cannot ignore the fact um, that black people suffer at the hands of law enforcement. Um, you know, and, and the statistics do bear us out. I mean, disproportionately, um, um, ranging from traffic stops to incarceration, black people um, are, um, are more often um, incarcerated, more often arrested. You may recall from a couple of weeks ago, I had Tonin O'Connor, who was on um, from Milwaukee, who spoke about the high percentage of black men in prison in Wisconsin, um, and particularly in solitary confinement. So these are things, and Colin Kaepernick is aware of this. Um, and, you know, um, one of the other things he said is, uh, um, as it relates to oppression, quote, this is what Kaepernick said, quote, I'm not going to stand up and show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color, people, people of color, period, unquote. Um, and, I, and we also need to make sure that we understand as we're talking about Kaepernick that he and the movement that he has begun by professional sports athletes about protesting during the national anthem, that he has become the target of President Trump's wrath. And we know of how he has spoken about these athletes, the majority of whom are black, um, uh, and, and how he has marginalized and maligned those athletes as being unpatriotic and how he put pressure on the NFL to take action to curb uh, um, these protests. So, I mean, there's a lot of bravery involved with Colin Ka Kaepernick. And so... If one last thing, if you haven't figured it out about him, is he's darn fearless. Um, he said that he will not work for permission to kneel in advance. I'm going to give you another quote. Sorry, I have to read this one. Quote, this is not something that I am going to run by anybody, he said. I am not looking for approval. I have to stand up for people that are oppressed. If, uh, if they take football away, my endorsements from me, I know that I stood up for what is right, period, unquote. And as it turns out, Kaepernick didn't really need to worry about losing endorsements. So part of the reason I'm speaking about Kaepernick right now is that in August, Nike, um, you know, the uh, shoe and uh, sports apparel manufacturer, launched a new mar marketing campaign with Colin Kaepernick as its face. Um, and... Uh, uh, um, and I'm going to play that for you. The ad is here. There are images in the ad of skateboarders, of a wrestler who lacks legs, and of other athletes who represent various different challenges in the sports. But listen, just listen to the words of Colin Kaepernick in this Nike ad. If people say your dreams are crazy, 
if they laugh at what you think you can do. Good. Because calling a dream crazy is not an insult. It's a compliment. Don't try to be the fastest in your school. Be the fastest ever. Don't believe you have to be like anybody to be somebody. Don't become the best basketball player on the planet. Be bigger than basketball. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. If you have only one hand, don't just watch football, play. And if you're a girl from Compton, become the greatest athlete ever. Yeah, that's more like it. So don't ask if your dreams are crazy. Ask if they're crazy enough. <laughs> I just love that. I mean, I know that there were visuals associated with it, and of course this is radio, but let me just go back to something <clears throat> that he says in that ad, that Nike ad, which is this, quote, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything, unquote. That's what idealists do, you know. They believe in something regardless. Nike took a chance here on Colin Kaepernick, but actually it turned out to be quite a good bet because it's seen a 31% increase in sales across the world. That's, that's despite a boycott that was instituted against Nike as a result of having Kaepernick as its spokesperson. Not only did it see a 31% increase in sales, it saw a $6 billion increase in value of the company's stock. Regardless of what many say, um, it was brave. It has been brave for Kaepernick to do what he did. And it's also been brave for Nike to believe in him. Now, this has not ended. This is a going on, this Kaepernick controversy. And now, most recently, it's showing up with regard to voting for the NFL Pro Bowl. The rules for the Pro Bowl is, is that... Um, fans get to vote. They get to vote who they want to be in the Pro Bowl. Um, I've now exhausted essentially all I need. I, I can tell you about how the process works. All I know is that fans, fans vote. However, the rule is, is that they can only vote for players who are currently playing in the NFL. Kaepernick, because of the boycott against him, because of being blackballed, hasn't played since... Uh, the end of the 2016 season. But you know what? Because people believe in Colin Kaepernick, because they believe in his skill set, but also they believe in his message. There is now an organized campaign to write in Colin Kaepernick's name for the Pro Bowl. And I think that's something that you listeners right now, you humans, listening to my voice, something you can do. How about doing that as a way of supporting this idealist who's trying to fight oppression in America and in the world. So with Colin Kaepernick, we're seeing a true idealist at work. He is fearless. He is humble, not a showboat. We hardly ever hear from him. He does not grant many interviews. He is not somebody trying to tout something. He, sta he is standing firm by his convictions to his detriment and imagine you make a pledge for a million dollars and you don't have a job and you carry forth on that pledge he's driven by faith and a belief in what is right and just and i suspect colin kaepernick is just getting started colin kaepernick idealist human real that's what an idealist is. I hope you enjoyed that about Colin. When we come back from our break, I'm going to talk about another idealist, another contemporary one. And then I'll share a story. Thanks.
Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. It's the best time of the year. Toyotathon is on. Rudy Luther Toyota has the 2019 models in stock, and to make room, the 2018s have to go. There are huge incentives from Toyota, and on top of that, Rudy Luther has additional huge discounts. And remember, you get my favorite perk from Rudy Luther, the Luther Advantage Card, which gets you 10 cents off per gallon of gas at Holiday Station stores for three years with every vehicle purchase. Rudy Luther Toyotathon is on. Stop in today at the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Northern Sun, products for progressives since 1979. This year, we're celebrating 40 years of anti-establishment t-shirts, magnets, stickers, custom printing, and now we make affordable custom videos. Celebrate with us, resist the forces that divide us, and persist toward a world we know is possible. Help us spread the love, speak up, and stand together. Northern Sun, on East Lake Street or online at northernsun.com. Warning. Last year, over 40,000 Americans died in car-related accidents. Not a pleasant thought, is it? In fact, as thoughts go, it's downright depressing. Well, that's where we can help cheer you up. We're StandUpRecords.com, and we offer the finest in CDs, DVDs, downloads, and merchandise from the best comedians on Earth. Artists like Mark Marin, Maria Bamford, Eddie Pepitone, and Doug Stanhope. Available at fine record stores, Amazon.com, and the iTunes Music Store. That's StandUpRecords.com. Come on, listen to us while you're driving. Live dangerously. The holidays just snuck up on us, and you've waited and waited all year to clean. So don't put it off anymore. Call Zero Res. Not only will it look and feel amazing, it makes your home healthier to get rid of the bacteria, dust mites, and dander lurking in your carpet. So hurry and call before the holidays and get three-room Zero Res clean starting at $139. And get $50 off when you clean Dirt and Dander's favorite hiding place, your air ducts. Call 952-ZERO-RES or visit ZeroResMinnesota.com. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today is mostly sunny with a high near 28. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 15. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high near 27. Wednesday, mostly cloudy with a high near 29. And Thursday, mostly cloudy with a high near 32. Shop local with one of the AM 950 advertisers for the holidays. It's a great way to not only support AM 950, but also local businesses and shops. Visit Electric Fetus or Common Good Books or see a full list of advertisers at am950radio.com. Back on Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug. Okay, we just got done speaking about Colin Kaepernick, and now I'm going to move on to another young. Um, Colin is 31, and I'm going to move on now to a 29-year-old idealist by the name of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, also known as AOC, which is a whole lot easier to, to say. I have talked about uh, Ocasio-Cortez before, but I'm coming back to her, and, and I will be coming back to her intermittently as we go forward. Because I, I think it's important that we highlight this woman and that we follow the work that she does, because she is an idealist. Let me just tell you, for those unfamiliar with AOC, Ocasio-Cortez, as I said, she just turned 29. She did it in October. And that's going to make her the youngest woman to ever serve in Congress. She's representing um, the congressional district uh, that encompasses the Bronx in New York. Here's a little bit of background. She's the daughter of two Puerto Rican parents and was born in the Bronx. She's a graduate of Boston University. And while at BU, she worked in the immigration office 
of Senator Ted Kennedy. That's really what got her start thinking about politics. While she was in college, her father, an architect, died. He did that without a will. This triggered a probate battle that left um, AOC embittered um, by the process of, quote, how attorneys appointed by the court to administer an estate can enrich themselves at the expense of the family struggling to make sense of the bureaucracy, unquote. Um, in fact, um, as the probate battle was going on, um, AOC's mother was fighting to keep their home. I mean, AOC's mom cleaned houses and she drove school buses. Boy, it sounds like ordinary American trying to make ends meet. Isn't it something to have somebody in Congress who understands that? Um, ultimately, um, uh, AOC's mother and grandmother had to move to Florida due to the financial hardships they encountered. All of this um, reinforced in uh, Ocasio-Cortez um, the, the thing that um, it's all about the little guy or the little girl, that, that she has the perspective formulated by understanding what it means to be the one who is the victim of the, of the system rather than somebody who perpetuates the system. After college, AOC returned to the Bronx to live, and she worked as a bartender in Manhattan. One of her, her first concrete acts of idealism was to create a publishing company called Brook Avenue Press, which specializes in children's literature that portrays the Bronx in a positive light. She is doing that as a 20-something. She also worked as an educator at the nonprofit National His Hispanic Institute. In 2016, AOC became an organizer for Bernie Sanders. After the election, she drove across the U.S. visiting Flint, Michigan to talk about their water crisis, and then she went on to Standing Rock. For AOC, Standing Rock was the tipping point. She realized that you don't need to have wealth or power to formulate structural change. And that propelled her to think about politics. In May of 2017, we are not very far from, from this woman be, being no one to suddenly being something. AOC was part of a slate of candidates um, who was offered up by the Netroots Nation Conference. She was, uh, those candidates were termed Justice Democrats. AOC then took on the Democratic Caucus Chair, Jim, Joe Crowley, who was the representative for the Bronx, um, and she did that by raising money through individual donations. Sounds like Bernie Sanders, right? Ocasio-Cortez raised a whole $194,000 for her campaign to unseat Joe Crowley in the Democratic primary. That was in comparison to Crowley's $3.4 million that he spent trying to fend off AOC. And Ocasio-Cortez began her campaign by releasing a video in which she stated that, quote, William, women like me aren't supposed to run for office, unquote. And she won by expanding the number of voters. She said this, quote, I knew that if we were going to win the way that progressives win on an unapologetic message is by expanding the electorate. That's the only way we can win strategically. It's not by rushing to the center. It's not by trying to win spending all of our energy winning over those who have other opinions. It's by expanding the electorate, speaking to those that feel disenfranchised, dejected, cynical about our politics, and letting them know that we're fighting for them, period, unquote. Of course, uh, Ocasio-Cortez went on to win the general election. Um, uh, just last month, the midterms, she garnered 78% of the vote. I would say that that was a pretty darn good um, bashing of the Republican challenger. Um, I want to share here something about AOC that she said in an interview that was published in Interview Magazine in September of this year. After talking about Dr. King's concept of a moral universe where it's possible to operate within a moral framework so as to go forward, she said this, quote, it's a long quote, so work with me, please, listeners. <clears throat> quote, I'm very idealistic about my ends and my vision, but I'm very pragmatic about how I get there. I am first and foremost a consensus builder. I am not a top-down person, and I got elected bottom-up. We can't accomplish anything until we get community buy-in. I'm not like the 
GOP where it's like, okay, this tax bill was enormously unpopular, but we're going to force it through anyway. That's not who I am. And I find that when we show people what we're about and really spell it out, a lot of the time I'm able to persuade people who are initially skeptical. I think that we can build a country around an idea of basic economic dignity. Wow, can you imagine? Basic economic dignity. I really do believe that we can live in a healthy, functioning society where people feel comfortable in their ability to go to the doctor, send their kids to college, and save our planet, and avoid cataclysmic climate change. The magic is that it's actually possible, and it's not this pipe dream that everybody says it is, period, unquote. What I just read to you is idealism, idealistic fervor 101 she is she is a living breathing idealist ocasio cortez now um aoc just isn't uh isn't even sworn in and she's already challenging the status quo in congress two days before taping the show now you know that the show is taped um, AOC tweeted that she was frustrated that as a member of Congress, an incoming member of Congress, Congress, her health care costs would be half of what they were as a private citizen working as a waitress. Think about that. Congress pays half of what you and I do to have health care. And here, this 29-year-old, I'm not having any of it, idealist, is tweeting about it, tweeting about it before she is even sworn in. She tweeted, quote, it's frustrating that Congress members would deny other people affordability that they themselves enjoy. Time for hashtag Medicare for all. And in fact, a recent poll found that 7% of all Americans would support Medicare for all. Of course, with how the politics works, AOC has become the new favorite target and punching bag of the right wing of the right, criticizing her for not only her political stance, but also such things as her clothes or the reality that even on a congressional salary, it is hard for her to find a place to live in Washington, D.C. She so inspires me. I cannot tell you enough. And, and she makes me so jealous that I'm not 29 years old again because I am going to soon be 62. And all of the work that it takes to, to be an idealist, the, the work that, that she embodies is so hard to replicate. Um, being 40-some years, almost 50 years older than she is. But AOC, we're going to watch her. We're going to follow her. Please get her on your radar. Follow her tweets. Do what she does. Listen to what she says because she is the future of our country. She is the answer to all of the stuff that's holding us down. There you go. Okay, if you like what you hear, sign up. Go to my new website at elliekrug.com and sign up for my newsletter. When I come back, we'll do my last segment where I'll talk about something that happened to me in Richmond. Thanks. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works, LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Hi, this is Jen of Vandalia Glassworks in St. Paul. We're an independent glass studio celebrating the art of making beautiful glassworks. This ancient skill of creating art from fire is something you can learn to do through the Blow Your Own Glass class classes. Learn to make an elegant glass paperweight, and advanced classes will teach you how to make tumblers and other pieces of art. Consider giving the gift of experience during the holidays. Sign up with friends and family to create artistic glassworks together. More at VandaliaGlassworks.com. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. 
Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. You know how it is with vacuum cleaners. You buy them, you break them, then you throw them away, right? Well, not necessarily. Often, fixing your vacuum can be cheaper than replacing it. Ever heard of A1 Vacuum in Roseville? They offer free estimates. So if you wish your vacuum worked like new again, drop by. A1 Vacuum is ready to help clean up your vacuum cleaner act. Find us at a-1vacuum.com or call 651-222-6316. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Fifty Ellie Krug on Ellie Two Radio. I um I've got to tell you. Um, well, first of all, this is my C block. This is my time to talk about my work, about what I'm doing as a practical idealist. But I do not want to give up yet on uh, Colin uh, Kaepernick and uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez um, for this reason, because both of them are so incredibly exciting right now with what's going on in our country. It's exciting for me, but it's also bittersweet. Let me explain. Um, Exciting because we are watching in real time uh, people fomenting positive change. we We are seeing two idealists at work as they are drawing on the canvas. And for me, that is so incredibly exciting. We don't know what they're going to come up with next. We don't know where they're going. Although we do know that whatever they do, they are doing it for the good of all people, for the good of our country. And to me, that is so darn exciting. It Yes, it is like watching Dr. King. It is like watching Bobby Kennedy. I mean, certainly neither is... Um, of the stature of either of those towering figures. But you know what? They're just getting started. So who knows? But talking about uh, Kaepernick and uh, AOC is bittersweet for me because um, they are so young. They have decades to grow. Literally, maybe even a half century. I mean, one is 31, the other is 29. They may have a half century to grow and to create impact. And that's bittersweet for me because I do not have that kind of time. I have come to this party, this party of idealism and social change, very late. So late in life. I mean, I am going to be 62 in a couple of weeks. Um... And uh, for those of you who know the story, I mean, I did not get the chance to really be me, which includes so much my idealistic identity. I didn't get to do that until I transitioned genders at the ripe old age of 52. Um, it, it took, um, and it's taken, since I transitioned in 2009, it's taken nearly a decade for me to create a platform that allows me to come and talk with you on the radio. 
This is very time-consuming, brick-by-brick work for some of us. Colin Kaepernick, you know, um, his brick-by-brick work um, involved him getting ready to be a super athlete, which then gave him a platform. But that brick by brick didn't begin until, you know, he that started way back when he was in uh, junior high school. And uh, Ocasio Cortez, uh, Alexandria, um, her brick by brick began when she was a high school student. Um, I, if you read her Wikipedia, um, by the way that she got involved in some organizations and some clubs. And so, for me, I don't have a lot of time to do the brick by brick. I don't. And that's partly why I devote 60 to 70 hours a week um, to my work. Um, this radio show is part of that, but there's so much more that I'm doing in addition to that, including training and speaking. Having said all of that, notwithstanding that the wick is much uh, shorter for me than it is for others. I am finding that my work is crossing many boundaries. Um, You heard me speak a couple of weeks ago about my success in presenting to law enforcement officers, to cops. Not an easy task for anyone. Um, And I don't know how successfully I did it, but I did have some success. And I feel good about having done that, about having touched those people in the room. More recently, it was to a group of young people, Um, and uh, it was uh, a group of people all younger than 35. I had a total of maybe a half hour to compress uh, um, uh, into a half hour to compress a two and a half to three hours worth of training, Um, and in that 30 minutes that I had, I had to convey a number of different ideas. One of them was about being other, considered other according to my voice. And everywhere I go, of course, I present as female. If you've ever seen my picture, not gorgeous, but, you know, all right, attractive. Um, Of course, that's trying to conform to some societal standard. Um, But as soon as my voice... um, People hear my voice. I see them react to my voice. They sometimes look very startled by the voice coming out of this body. And that reminds me, every time I see what I call the look, that I am other. Um, but with this group of young people, they were group. They were folks from the Minneapolis Foundation fourth generation group. So the Minneapolis Foundation does outreach. Um, they're they're working to um, groom. That's not the right word, but they're working to develop um, future leaders of the city. And this group of people, the fourth generation, is part of that effort. So with this group, I talked about being other, and I also talked about the four commonalities. Um, I talked about, and those four commonalities, uh, regular listeners, you've heard me speak about those. Um, They are that all humans, everyone, and including you right now listening to my voice, that we all have four things in common. I mean, we are all struggling to survive the human condition, but there are these four core commonalities that everyone has. The first being that we all want a child in our life to succeed. No one doesn't want a child to succeed. Number two is that we all want to be free of physical or emotional violence. No one wants that brought on themselves or on the people that they love. Number three, everyone wants 20 minutes apiece. We are all old enough to know we're not going to get 100% peace. That might come in the last five minutes or the last 500 breaths after we say, okay, I'm ready. But until then, I, along with you, want 20 minutes out on the patio, watching the sun go down, drinking our favorite beverage, without somebody in the background asking, honey, where is the or without the phone ringing about yet another problem that your child might have, which really isn't a problem. And number four, last but not at all least, the number four, the fourth commonality that all humans have is that we all want to love and be loved. I told this group that, and as I did, I watched faces that 
separated by mine by at least 30 years, I watched them brighten because I could tell that I was connecting with them. During this thing with the fourth generation folks, again, about 30 people, all of them under 35 years old, I had them engage in the identity game. We did an active participation where I have people stand by signs representing different identities like age, race, gender, socioeconomic class, religion. Um, I have one that says not good enough slash failure. And I give prompts. I ask people to go stand by those sides in response to prompts. One prompt is the identity that my parents stressed for me as I was growing up. One is um, the identity that garners or gives me the most privilege. The last prompt that I give this group, though, this group, and every time I do the identity game, and in fact, I'm going to be doing that game in about three hours with uh, for the city of St. Paul, every time I do this game, the last prompt is the identity I want to be known for is. The identity I want to be known for is. And what I found with the fourth generation people, as I am finding across the country, everywhere I do this, in all kinds of sectors, business, law, college, university, I found the majority of people on this night, these 35 and under people, in response to the prompt, the identity I want to be known for is, the vast majority stood under the sign, compassion. And this is not unlike what I'm finding that across America, people want to be known for compassion. And if that's true, frankly, there's no problem that we cannot get past as a country or as a people. The problem for me is that my platform is so small. That message that I just said to you, that everybody wants to be known for compassion, that is a critical message, particularly at this time right now. But my platform is so small the ability to get that message out, to, to allow, to, to let everybody know that, yes, we all want compassion. My ability to get it out is greatly restricted. So, there you go. Well, it's been a great show. I've really appreciated your time and attention and tuning in again. I need to thank our sponsors, the Pride Institute, which is a drug and alcohol residential and outpatient recovery center, and Brending Electrolysis. Contact Bev and let her know that Ellie recommended her, recommended you. I'm reading and that doesn't make sound right, does it? Bev does really great work. A big thanks to my producers, Brett Johnson and Hunter Harrison. Or, excuse me, Hunter, that's not right. Um... But to Hunter, and so thank you so very much. And uh, it's Hunter Hawes. There you go, Ellie. And to you, my my listeners, thank you so very much for tuning in every week. I look forward to talking with you next week. Have a good week in the meantime. Bye.